Hello again. It's Tuesday, so it's been pretty much the whole weekend since I last filmed. And Tuesday means broom, broom, motorcycle day again. I know, I know, I've been talking about her a lot recently. Don't worry, I'm not going to bore you with another story about how much I love motorcycling. Although I did have to get in one last little detail about that. What I do want to talk about today is, and yeah, it's going to tie in with motorcycling a little bit, but it's about finding value and working with budgets. Because this motorcycle gear that I bought was fairly expensive. And I want to talk a bit about that. Actually, before I talk about that, if you notice, maybe my skin is a little bit shiny today. Actually, this is going to tie in pretty well with the value stuff too. Skin's a little bit shiny today because I went, I took a shower, and afterwards, I moisturized myself with some shea butter. I used to use olive oil and coconut oil to do that, but I found the coconut oil started giving me some acne. I don't know if you could see. I've been kind of struggling with that recently. Didn't really happen last year when I was using it, but then this year started happening. Apparently, oils like olive oil and, and coconut oil can kind of clog up your pores a bit like that and, and, and give you trouble with acne. So I've switched over to shea butter now because uh, I can't really see it. Because Of course, the one day I have a shirt on, <laughs> I have to show you my shoulders. They're starting to peel a bit from the sun. So I'm using that to you know, rehydrate the skin, and keep the sunburn at bay. But uh, the reason I do this instead of going out to the pharmacy or whatever to get a, a proper, proper moisturizing cream is just because I find there's so much more value in doing it this way. You know, I could buy a little, I don't know, 400 milliliter, 500 milliliter bottle of, of lotion or cream for about 10 bucks. It's cheap. doesn't usually feel very good. It's like greasy. So if I want to go a little more high end, let's say I go to the cosmetic section, which my girlfriend used to do stuff like this. And she used to recommend a whole bunch of skin creams. She might sell you a little 300 milliliter bottle for 30 bucks. It's about 10 bucks per hundred milliliters. It's pretty expensive. You can go even more expensive than that if you really want a big one. Maybe you go to Costco where they have stuff in bulk. I mean, you can get like a $50 cream, half a liter bottle, maybe a liter bottle. I don't know. It, 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 the stuff's expensive and it works. But like you look through the ingredient list and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that doesn't really make sense. I mean, there's like alcohol in there. The alcohol is kind of used as a solvent to dissolve certain substances that hydrate you but the alcohol is there to put on your skin and then it dries off it evaporates that dries up your skin <laughs> like you're trying to rehydrate it by putting alcohol on there that dries it up and there's a whole bunch of gummy stuff in there there's i don't know like types of gum and stuff to make it you know thick and sticky so it sticks to you and there's stuff that makes it absorb into the skin it's like really all of these things I don't really need. I'm just trying to get something that hydrates the skin. And then there's all this extra chemical stuff. Some of it I don't even understand. Maybe it's actually hindering me. 
So I just went with the old tried and true natural solution. My mom's been doing it forever. She swears by it. My girlfriend tends to disagree. She told me, oh, it's going to give you acne. Which it did a little bit. Now I'm struggling through it. Maybe it actually didn't. Maybe this is just a phase I'm going through with my skin. I don't know. But like my girlfriend swears by the expensive treatment stuff because, you know, she got trained by all sorts of representatives to sell that stuff for years. She doesn't do that anymore. Uh, but like personally, I think she got a little bit indoctrinated, indoctrinated into that. So anyways, moving along, I use that giant block of shea butter that I bought off Amazon. Something like 20 bucks for a kilogram. So cheap. A lot cheaper than the cream. And you actually need a lot less. You know, a little tiny speck I can roll between my fingers can cover my whole face and my neck. And another small speck for each arm. A little bit on my knees and on the legs. You know, just the dry spots. If I get a little bit of a sunburn on my chest or over here, I put a little more there. A little more on my shoulders if I need, because again, they're starting to peel from the sunburn and stuff. And it's funny, you might not notice, I look pretty white. Trust me, it's just the lighting. <laughs> I, I, I do get a little bit darker. Um, I don't know. Nah, that doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty light, light guy. Like, I burn easily. I'm, I'm white as fuck. You know, so yeah, a lot of value. And I shopped around for that stuff, uh, made sure it's organic, made sure it's sourced properly. So I'm paying a little bit more, but at least I trust, or I hope to trust that it got sourced from a, a respectable place and that the workers there are getting paid a fair wage, stuff like that, you know, and it's not tearing down rainforest to make this uh, shea butter farm. It's coming from a sustainable agriculture area. Stuff like that. So you pay a bit more for that. I could probably get shea butter for 10 bucks per kilo if I really looked. Or if I got a giant bar, maybe if I got a 10 kilogram bar, lower the price some more. But I mean, honestly, this kilogram bar, my mom and I were using it like almost every day. It's probably going to last us a year. I mean, what kind of hand cream, body cream lasts a year? Almost none. Almost none. And like I said, this stuff works better, in my opinion. So, you know, if you're struggling with dry skin, try some oils. Olive oil, coconut oil. Some people say sesame seed oil, canola oil. All of that can kind of work. And do some research. Don't just trust me. Find your kind of skin type. Are you, like, really greasy? Are you dry? The different oils work differently for like different temperatures sometimes. Like I personally wouldn't go with the oils in summer. It's just too greasy and you're going to sweat it up and it's not going to feel great. So you want something a little more absorbent. Shea butter works perfectly. <laughs> uh, right, so I've been talking a lot about this. What I meant to talk about was finding value in other things, but I mean, this was a nice little segue, right? But the motorcycle gear, that stuff was fairly expensive. See, most people told me, you should budget around $1,000 for that. 
And right off the bat, I'm skeptical because here's something I've learned over the years. I've never really had a lot of success setting a budget, like a dollar amount, let's say $1,000, and then coming under budget. Almost without exception, when I set that kind of limit, I tend to either reach it or break it. It's like subconsciously, I just want to fill up that number. Say I want to get to a thousand. I'm going to find items that meet that thousand dollar goal and then exceed it because, you know, obviously always, of course. What I found to be more uh, economical, more effective is just forget about the number. The number can come later. Figure out what you need. See, I needed protection. I needed comfort. I needed some mobility and I needed durability. These were the things I needed. And then I found items and I looked through each item and compared different types to get exactly the qualities and exactly the product that was going to satisfy my needs. The helmet, I needed ventilation. I needed some noise cancellation. I needed protection, obviously. So those little badass looking low rider half head helmets where they kind of go around your ear and just sit on top look fucking great. Almost no protection if you fall on your face. Not for me. I needed a full face helmet. Those low rider helmets are about half as <clears throat> sorry. Those low rider helmets they're about half as expensive. So I would have saved a lot of money on them, but they don't fill my needs. Tons of ventilation, that's true, in the summer. Getting wind in your face, that could be wonderful. Especially if it's like 30 degrees, 32 degrees, and humid. But my helmet, the one that's over there, I could always flip up the visor and put on some glasses. I have some vents on the top that I can click open and closed. So when it's cold, close them, keeps the head warm. When it's hot, open, some airflow. It's not the best, but it's still something. Or if there's rain, you can close them. So that's what I needed. Uh, comfort. I mean, I'm going to be wearing this thing for hours upon hours upon hours upon days upon weeks upon years. So I need something that's comfortable and fits right. And the material doesn't scratch and itch. You know, it's plush along the cheek pads. And tight around the head, but not so tight that it's constricting, not so loose that it's wobbling about. So I needed good fit, because there's different helmet shapes. There's ones for longer heads, kind of like mine, where it goes. It's a little bit ovalish. There's ones for thin heads. There's one for, like, tall heads. All sorts of shapes. And here's the thing. The very cheap models come in a kind of one-size-fits-all. The very cheap models come in no ventilation, or it's just one vent that's open all the time. They have visors that eh, don't really seal super well, so there's a lot of wind noise and it doesn't cancel out that, that, that airflow at high speeds. So you want a good seal around the visor. All sorts of things. Their, their material is going to be a bit lower quality. It won't quite conform to your cheeks as well. It won't sit nicely. It might itch a little bit. The pads aren't removable, so they're going to get all sweaty, and you can't remove them to clean them. So, you know, I could have paid $150 for a helmet like that and stayed within the $1,000 budget 
for example. But then, you know, I would have suffered in the long term. So I got a nicer helmet. It's going to last me a few years before I get sick of it and say, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. I just got to throw this piece of crap out. Same with my pants. I ordered some pants online. I found a nice deal online. Tried them on. I didn't really like them. They were like mesh pants. Same kind of material my jacket's made out of. Abrasion resistant, and they have the necessary protectors. But they just didn't feel right. They were loose on the bottom, so I could imagine them flapping about in the wind. And the material's a bit weird, you know? It's like that snow pants, swish, swish, swish material. Not for me. I wanted something that was more like a jean. But of course, jeans don't protect very well because cotton is weak. Cotton in a slide literally tears itself apart. It explodes, it bursts at the seam. It won't offer any protection if you're sliding anything over 40 kilometers an hour, which is pretty much every street out there. So it wouldn't have been good just to put on my jeans. I needed something that's abrasion resistant, that has protection, armor, in the zones that I want. You know, for the jacket, I have stuff for the shoulder, elbow, back, pants. I've got stuff for the hips and on the knees. That's what I needed. So I went to the motorcycle shop after I returned the old pants that I ordered online. And uh, I shopped around. I asked the guys, you know, what do you have? What kind of options you have? And they showed me to a section where they had some jeans. They looked pretty good. You know, I tried them on. They were low-key. They were kind of incognito. They looked like jeans. But they just didn't fit right. They were, like, tight, restrictive. They were thick. Like, way too thick. And I mean, like I said, the gene material, it's not protective. So what's the point of having thickness? I'd rather have a thin gene material. And then under, where they have the actual Kevlar reinforcement, because here, here's something that these motorcycle pants do. They have that Kevlar reinforcement underneath. It's kind of like a, like an inseam, inlining. And that Kevlar stuff, I mean, it can withstand high temperatures. So when you're sliding and you're grinding along the floor and that friction's heating you up, that Kevlar offers, you know, like uh, an insulating layer. So you're not getting burns on your leg. It's also super strong. So you're not tearing your skin off. Kevlar is taking the tear instead. And then of course they have the armor and the different models have different kinds of armor. So and in different places, you know, the pockets were a little bit different. The fitment was a bit different. So I tried a few on. I found the one I wanted. Fantastic. Then I went, I tried the helmets on. Found the helmet I wanted there. Previous time I was there, I was looking for gloves. Same thing, looking for value. I wasn't just looking at price. I mean, my friend ordered some gloves off Amazon for 20 bucks. You don't know what you're going to get. You have to try them on. Or you have to return it after you get it and try it many times. And, you know, you're wasting all sorts of time. I'd rather just do it all in one shot, spend the time I need, and do it properly. So, uh, yeah. It might seem like a lot to think about, but trust me. It took me many, many years to learn all these little tips and tricks, uh, how to get good value out of these purchases. And it takes a little bit of courage too. You have to push yourself. You're not always going to get a good deal. In fact, I got many, many bad deals before I learned all these 
lessons. Um, but what's the worst that can happen if you get a bad deal? You just don't go back to that store. You don't deal with that salesperson again. Because here's another thing. I know a lot of people don't like salesmen or saleswomen. They're a bit too pushy. Those are the crappy ones. Those are the ones I never want to go see again. I have met some salesmen, some saleswomen, salespeople that were excellent, that actually knew what they're talking about, that actually cared about what I was getting. Sure, they're making a commission, but it felt like they were doing it right. Like they weren't doing it just to make their commission. They wanted to make me happy. And then by extension, because I'm happy, I'm going to come back to them and spend more money. So they're thinking the long game. They're like, well, I can either suck money out of this guy now, or I could treat him right, make him a happy customer. And then he'll want to come back to me because I did. I have went back to those places. You know, there's a bike shop I go to. Excellent, excellent service. I know the guy. It's wonderful. The guy knows me. I know him. We know each other's like needs. I, well, he knows my needs. And he always treats me right. He always gives me a good deal that I wouldn't get elsewhere. And here's another thing. Negotiating. I mean, you can negotiate any price anywhere. Maybe not in a Walmart. <laughs> and that's kind of why I don't like these big box stores or deals like Amazon. Or places like Amazon, I mean. It's because I like talking to the staff. I like uh, negotiating with the prices. See... Let me, let me use my helmet as an example here. I went to the bike shop. I'm looking for this helmet. And I told them I gave them my budget. This is kind of like how I negotiate. I told them, well, I want something for 250 maybe 300 bucks. Obviously, the salesperson is going to go, well, you know, I'm going to push it a bit. Let's try 350 Let's try 400 So I tried on some of those models. And they were wonderful. I also tried on some models in the $200 range. I asked them. Can I try this one on? Can I try that one on? And internally, you know, I was saying, oh, man, these ones are obviously way better. But I was neutral on the external. Didn't let them on that, you know, I preferred one or the other. Just that I was happy with all of them. Uh, then we started fleshing out some negotiation. And there's no trick to it. Like I said, you just have to practice it. Just go do it. And then you learn over time what works, what doesn't work. Like I said, you're going to get a whole horrible, horrific deals in the beginning. You might not get deals at all. You might actually get ripped off. But that's how you learn. Get ripped off a few times, and then you'll never get fooled again for the rest of your life. And you'll end up saving more money in the long run. So I'm talking to this guy, and we're looking around. And then we notice these really colorful, beautiful helmets up on the high shelf where no one looks. So they've probably been sitting there for a while, and the sales guy, he wants to make the sale. He wants to get that old inventory out of there. So here's where you can really, really find value. What other people don't want, what they might find, looks ugly or is trash. It might be your treasure. So these helmets, I personally love them. They had sick graphics on them. I mean, I probably showed you mine. It's got the monkey, the, the red line in the back. It's fluoro yellow, and it looks—it just looks so cool to me. Other people apparently did not like that. <laughs> so I was able to negotiate that price down 
by something like 40% or 35%. Incredible deal. Now, there is a caveat here. Helmets last five years, right? So you have to check the date of manufacture. And I was checking the date of manufacture on a lot of the helmets they have there. They're all around six months to a year old. The helmet I got online was also about a year old. So I would only get about four years out of it. This helmet is a little bit older. I think it's like 14 months old. So granted, I should pay a bit less off the bat because I'm only going to get four years out of it instead of five. So that should be a 20% saving. But I got a little more than that on the deal specifically because, like I said, it's an unwanted model. Not many people like it. But I personally loved it. So I found a lot of value in that. Same thing with the pants. The pants, not many people like those. They like the jean ones. I picked the black cargo ones. Not many people like that. I was able to get a 15% off deal on those. Gloves as well. Uh, the gloves didn't really get to negotiate a price. They were just already marked off on special. So I got that special. Again, they're like an older years model. Nobody picked them up. It's kind of clearance. I'm not saying always shop clearance. There's a lot of crap in there. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff I saw in there where I was like, no shit, no wonder nobody's buying this. But every once in a while, you could spot a nice thing where it feels great. And you get exactly what you want for less than what you want to pay for. Those are good ones to go for. So yeah, I mean, this whole value thing and budgeting and negotiation, I mean, like, what is it for? Fundamentally, I believe in this value kind of way of living, in, in a lean lifestyle. My room, it's very lean. There's not a lot in here, but it's only the stuff I need and want very, very badly. It doesn't clutter my mind. It doesn't clutter my life. I want the same thing out of my products. I want the same thing out of my shopping experience. I don't want it to be busy and, and full of stress. I want to go in, find what I want, exactly what I'm looking for. Maybe talk to a representative or a salesperson that could help me around. I can get to know personally, build a relationship with them. And then come back to them later and again and again when I need them. Amazon is wonderful, don't get me wrong. You can find deals on there too, because there's such a large selection. So they'll have stuff that's marked down, and if you take some time, you can shop around and find what you need. But it's a little bit impersonal, and I kind of miss that, that element of people when I'm shopping sometimes. And you know, another way I kind of think about it is uh, like this value stuff. Let's say a product gives you 10 points of happiness and costs $100. So it's costing you about $10 per point of happiness. Now, I don't actually do this kind of calculation in my head. It's just, it's just a feeling. But I'm trying to use numbers to explain a feeling because feelings are hard to explain. <laughs> right? And then there's another product. It's 20 points of happiness for 150 well, now, this one, if you're using the same ratio, it should cost $200 to be the same points of happiness per dollar. 
but this one you're getting more points of happiness for a little bit less dollars. So even though it's more expensive, even though the price is higher, price might not necessarily be everything. You're getting more happiness, more value out of that purchase, even though it's a little more expensive. Now, of course, sometimes there's a limit to how far you can go with that, you know. I might only want 25 points of happiness. Beyond that, it's like I don't really notice the difference. It's like the difference between 10 and a 25 is fairly noticeable, you know. My skin's itching if I get a 10, but if I get a 25, that cheek pad is plush and it feels good and the wind noise is nice in the helmet. But like a really expensive helmet, like a $800 helmet, I mean, yeah, everything is great. It's like a Mercedes-Benz leather super luxury in there. But I mean, my helmet already feels so comfortable, I don't even notice it on my head when I'm riding. The extra little bit, it's not noticeable. I don't need that much more. Would I like it? I mean, of course, for sure. But I just don't have the money for that kind of stuff. It's out of my price range. Um... Same with the jacket. I mean, I could have gotten a $500 jacket. My jacket is wonderful already. I, like I said, I don't notice it when it's on my body. The only time I notice it is if I'm standing and it's hot outside and I'm starting to sweat. It's going to happen with any jacket, even the $500 jacket. Uh, stuff like that. Or if you're looking for a place to rent and you have a family, a place that's twice as expensive might be twice as comfortable for your family, or even more than twice as comfortable. Maybe, you know, you're, you're shopping around, you find a place for $800 a month, and you're all just going to be miserable in there. It's going to be too small, it's going to be too cramped, it's going to be too stressful. So you pay $1,600, and you get double the space, but double the space is like more than enough for you guys. I mean, now you get your privacy, you get what you want out of this place, happiness, there's comfort. So that's worth it. Paying triple as much, I mean, at that point, you're not going to notice the difference. You've already got all the privacy you could ever want. You've already got enough space to fill up with, with your love, with your items, whatever. So that would be going too far. So there's a balance point, as with most things, where you find maximum value. So price isn't everything. Value is everything when it comes to you know, shopping, when it comes to these items, when it comes to many things in life. And like I said, don't set a number, don't set a goal. Figure out what you want first, and then go and compare the items and get exactly what you want. Then shop around for the price. Once you figure out, like, because I saw three helmets that were exactly what I wanted, but this one was at the lowest price. It was colorful, all the protection, all the comfort, whatever, right? But it had the lowest price because like I said, nobody else wanted it. So they had to drop the price to try and get that sale. Look for stuff like that. Wow, 27 minutes, man. Not bad. I thought this was going to be a quick one. I guess I had a lot to say about this because it, it means a lot to me. I mean, we live in a materialistic world. 
we have houses, we have beds, tables, water bottles, plants, all sorts of things. And we acquire these things by producing things first. You know, we go to work, we offer service, we make something, produce something, whatever it may be. And what we put in, we want to take out. But you can find some value when you take out. You can, like, make the most of your work in by finding value when you take out. Anyways. I want some breakfast. I'm getting a little bit hungry. So I'll see you all next time. So I made myself that breakfast. One of my favorites. Boom. Toast bread with some nut butter, some Nutella, and then a little bit of a sprinkle of chia seeds on top. But while I was making that, I actually remembered, uh, I forgot to mention one kind of factor or one kind of variable. Durability slash longevity. You see, you can get plenty of what feels like awesome stuff, but it just doesn't last. And you can get that for cheap. Very, very low price. So you go to Walmart or whatever. You know, they might have kitchenware that, like, looks beautiful. Feels beautiful on the outside. But on the inside, it's this garbage material. I don't know. Um, so you get a pan. It might be coated with some kind of miracle material. But that coating wears away relatively quick because it's a very thin, thin coating. And then on the inside, it's like cheap steel. Steel that rusts. Just as an example, or shoes, that's another one. I mean, I've gotten plenty of cheap shoes in my life, especially winter boots. Those things undergo a lot here in Canada, a lot of abuse. I mean, there's just so much crap, so much snow and ice and, and salt and disgusting stuff all over the ground in winter. Wears down boots within a season if they're shitty boots. Uh, so I've paid, you know. 40, 50 bucks for a pair of winter boots. And that's what they do. They last a year. Sometimes not even a year. And I'm like suffering through the end of the winter. Because my feet are getting all wet. The boots are starting to fall apart. And the snow's getting inside. And I have cold, wet feet all the time. And they never quite fit right. They're always like not very, sh they're like just not shaped well, right? Doesn't mold across my foot. The material is very stiff. It gives me blisters, and it just doesn't doesn't feel good. And they last year, so I mean, sure, I could pay five hundred dollars for a quality pair of winter boots, where they're going to be warm. They're going to be made of like real leather. You know, I'm, I'm I used to be a bit of a vegan, but like for leather, I would make an exception because in my experience. There's there's really no material like it. There's no man-made material that I've ever experienced in my life that is quite like real leather. Real leather, when it's properly treated, when it's properly made. Not that fake crap. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. Sometimes they'll use leather shavings and glue them together like, uh, like a plywood kind of thing or particle board. And they call it genuine leather. But really it's just like, forget the word for it. Just technical word for it. It's, 
It's just a bunch of leather shavings glued together. That, that stuff is shit. That stuff falls apart. But like actual hide, like the skin. One solid piece taken from the top grain, top grain leather. That's what you want to look for. That stuff lasts like a decade or more. My dad has a nice pair of boots. I mean, he's had them forever. And I understand now. I'm like, wow, I get it. I get it. Because my motorcycling boots, they're made of that kind of leather. They are waterproof too. Am I going to use them as winter boots? Probably not. I don't want to risk destroying them in the winter. They'd probably last 10 years still. But imagine on a motorcycle, they'd probably last 20, 30 years. Maybe my whole life. Who knows? And so I feel them. And, and you know, it's supple. It's soft. It, it stretches around your foot a bit. And, and over time, your foot grows into it. Or the foot doesn't really grow. But you know what I mean, right? It starts molding around your foot and, and it becomes like your foot. Because it's a skin. It's literally a second skin. So... Anyways, the longevity. You can buy stuff on the cheap, it's going to break, and then you'll have to buy it over and over and over and over and over, or you can buy it once for a lot more expensive. And don't get me wrong, it can get a lot more expensive. My motorcycle boots, 330 bucks, plus tax. <laughs> plus there's tax, so it's like, what were they, 380 390 bucks, almost 400 bucks for a pair of freaking boots? Are you kidding me? That's insane. But I understand because I've tried them on now and I know these are going to be boots that last a long time it's just just the build quality is insane I've never seen a boot like it in my life the uh, the sole you could you, you could see it it's like you know no, normally you see it's kind of like barely stitched together if it's stitched together at all sometimes it's just glued on and then that glue breaks like I said especially in winter where there's salt and water and it's cold and, and the boot is constantly going from hot to cold, so it's expanding and shrinking, cracks, breaks. This stuff, it's stitched together with what looks like a decently sized rope. And it's probably glued together. And there might even be some staples in there too, under the sole. I don't know. Quality stuff. So you get what you pay for. Actually, I should have one more thing, because sometimes you don't get what you pay for. Uh... I'm going to use cars as an example here, because you could certainly pay $100,000 for a car. Cars are a bit special, because they don't last. It's funny, you know, you get a very cheap car, those seem to last longer than the very expensive ones. So there are certain things in life where there's exceptions. You know, my Volkswagen TDI Jetta, 330,000 kilometers thing's a fucking tank. I've driven it through unbelievable conditions. It's going strong still. It's actually in the garage right now, ironically, as we're speaking. But it's going to be a cheap little little repair. Nothing serious. No big deal. Whereas, you know, I have friends who have a BMW. Always in the garage. Always a problem. Always a very expensive fix. You know, they have all of this fancy stuff in them, but that fancy stuff is like fragile in a way. And it just breaks. Yeah, well, boom, there we go. Another seven minutes gone. <laughs> My food's getting cold, and I want to eat it. 
See you next time.